you're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. Each year, our lead pastor, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco, shares vision that helps us focus as a church. On Vision Sunday, he shared a message called Courage to Connect. We have several ways you can connect with the church and each other. We believe that God created us to live in community with others so we can experience the full life He intends for us. Meaningful relationships can be hard to find, and that's why life groups exist, to make life-changing relationships relevant and accessible to you. Life groups are a small gathering of people that meet on a regular basis who share similar interests, are at a similar stage in life, or who have experience in an area you would like to learn more about. Most of all, a life group can become a place where people know more than just your name. They are people that genuinely care about what is happening in your life as well. Our spring life groups are now in session. Check out the life group finder at intlfamilychurch.com to find the perfect group for you. This year, we're dedicated to having the courage to say yes to connection and taking steps towards personal and spiritual growth. That's why we're so excited for our New England Women's Convention to return this May from Thursday, May 9th through Friday the 10th. This event's the perfect opportunity for women of every background and age group to gather together to worship Jesus, celebrate one another, and strengthen their walk with God. Save the date for this year's New England Women's Convention and visit newconline.com. Now here's today's message. All right, we're going to continue today talking about identity. And if you weren't here last week, I'll give you just a a short uh, recap. We talked about Gideon. Everybody say Gideon. Gideon. What a sissy, what a wimp, man. What a, what, a, what a guy that had such destiny but couldn't see it on himself. And we talked last week about how God sent an angel to confirm his identity. And we shared a couple of things. You can go back online. If you go to intlfamilychurch.com, you can check out the message. But a couple of things happened, had to happen for Gideon for him to find his identity. Number one, he needed to know that God was with him and that God was for him. You can never identify with God if you think he's out to get you. The second thing he had to do was he had to see himself the way that God saw him. God called him, oh, mighty warrior. And he said, I'm not mighty and I ain't no warrior. He had to get a new view of himself. And the third thing he had to do was he had to understand that he was on assignment. You can identify with God when you realize there's a purpose for your life. And my prayer is that today as we we continue talking about identity, that you would own your identity. That you would own who God's called you to be, and then that you would own what belongs to you because of that identity. And today I want to move past seeing yourself, and I want to move to the point of owning what's yours and receiving the inheritance that belongs to you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, Blessed the God of our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Everybody say, that's me. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Say in Christ. We're going to see that a lot today. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. I talked about this last week. You got to go back and listen. He had you in mind before he created anything. He had a plan and a destiny for your life before he created any other creation. It was all for you. He chose us to be holy and blameless before him in love, for he predestined us to adoption as sons or daughters to himself through Jesus Christ. He chose us to be part of his family. 
Man, that's an important understanding today. According to the good pleasure of his will, in him, everybody say in him, in Christ, in Jesus, also we received an inheritance. Everybody say an inheritance. I like when y'all help me out and preach together. We were predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his own will who were the first hope, that we who were the first hope in Christ, that we should live for the praise of his glory. Here it is again. In him, in Jesus, in Christ, you also, after hearing the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and after believing in him, listen to this, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of him. Listen, you've been purchased and and, and there's been things that have been purchased for you. You've been chosen as a son. You've been adopted into God's family. And because you're in his family, there's stuff that belongs to you. There are things that that are just guaranteed yours. Well, how could they be guaranteed? He said it right here. The Holy Spirit, we're going to see this at the end. He was the down payment for everything. He's the proof that, 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 that we have an inheritance in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. I love this because we we lose our identity as lost ones when we understand we've been adopted into him. He says, through Jesus, we have received an inheritance. Not having, not trying, not going to get sometime. It's past tense. What does that mean? It means it already belongs to us. It already belongs to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it already's happened. It's already been given. This is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about our inheritance. Three things that you need to know about your identity. You need to know who we are. We need to know whose we are. And we need to know what belongs to us because of who we are and because of whose we are. I'm going to share a lot of scripture today. And so I, I challenge you, if you want to write them down, jot them down, or just follow along on the screen. I want to give you a foundation today that you can go home and claim what belongs to you. You can't claim it if you don't know it belongs to you. And so you got, you can't take my word for it. I'm going to preach to the best of my ability. I hope you receive to the best of your ability. But here's the thing. You need to know that it's the word of God that gives this to you, not just me preaching it to you. Let's do this. Galatians chapter one. I'm sorry, Galatians chapter four. I like this out of the message. It says, been with the time arrived that was set by God. Listen, you've been set up for this time. It was all predestined for a specific time by God the Father. And then he sent his son. And he was born among us of a woman, born under the conditions of the law, so he might redeem or buy back those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. Thus, we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. It's your right to receive your inheritance. For you can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives crying out, Papa, Father. I like that. That just, that makes it like personal, you know. Papa, Father. Well, doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain and simple? You're no longer a slave, but you're a child. You're his son. And if you're a child, you're also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. Listen, this is great news if you identify with this. 
This is great news if you find your identity in him. Because what he's saying is, when you became a son... When you became a son just last Friday, when there's stuff that came to you, there was stuff that you received, not having to work for it, not having to beg for it, all of a sudden it just belongs to you, past tense. Actually, you could say it this way, it's been waiting for you this whole time. It's been waiting for you since before the foundation of the earth. In the day that you accepted Christ and you found your identity in him, all this stuff just belongs to you. Instantaneously, instant transfer. I like instant transfers. I like to do a, a, a selling online and stuff. And I like it when people pay me and it says, ding, 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 instant transfer right to your bank account. That's what happened when you received Jesus Christ. Listen to this out of the passage. It says in verse 7, we're no longer living like slaves under the law. We got to remind ourselves, but we are enjoying. You're not a slave. You should live a life of joy. You should enjoy uh, God and, and, and being his own son or daughter because we're his. Listen, because we're his, because you're his son or daughter, you can access everything that our father has. For we are heirs of God through Jesus the Messiah. I'll be honest with you, this week I got fired up reading this. I spent a bunch of time in Romans and I spent a bunch of time in Ephesians finding out who I am. But more than that, I found out whose I am. And when I found out whose I am, I realized all the stuff that he has, it's mine. I'm an heir. It's, it's, just, it's just me now. It's my dad's stuff becomes my stuff. Listen to this. An heir is a person who's legally entitled. Some of y'all looking for some entitlement lately. I'm giving it to you today. You're entitled to the property or the rank of Jesus Christ, and you're one who receives. You're one who has inherited. Listen to this. This is what it means to have an inheritance. It means the reception of genetic qualities. Remember that in the Old Testament? I'll create them in the image and likeness of my own son. You have excuse me, his DNA, it was transmitted from your parent father God to his offspring, the acquisition or possession, the condition or a trait from past generations. Listen, if Jesus Christ was holy, you're holy. You're not going to do anything to get any more holy. You're already as holy as you're going to get. You're perfect. You're redeemed. You're, you're bought back with the price. You, you, you have all this stuff simply by doing what? Just identifying with Jesus. Amen. Well, I can't identify with that. Some people, I can't identify with that kind of preaching. You don't have to. You just don't get any of this stuff. But when you do identify that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I'm in right standing with God, not because of me, but because of Jesus, I get what belongs to the Son. Oh, man, I wish you all would help me. Listen, that we get this stuff free of charge, free of obligation comes to us. Here's my takeaway for today. I pray you, you grab this today as a son or a daughter of God the Most High, whatever belongs to God, it legally belongs to you because you belong to Jesus. Amen. It's legally mine. I, I, I think there's some uh, uh, things that, that we have to understand. I'll give it to you this way. When, when, when I, my son, I have, I have two kids. I have a little boy, Hunter. He's four, and then we have a little girl. She's 10 weeks, Emmy. And, and, and here's the thing. Emmy and Hunter have access to everything that belongs to mom and daddy. 
because they're my sons and my daughters, what belongs to me belongs to them. They don't have to beg me for stuff. Listen, you don't have to beg God for stuff. It already belongs to you. My son doesn't have to beg me to get a snack. You know what he does? This little punk, he gets off the couch, goes in the kitchen, opens up the refrigerator. He's digging through stuff. I see him stuffing cheese sticks in his pocket. And I hear the refrigerator door shut. Then I hear the cupboard open. And I hear the drawer sliding out. And he's getting the, the little orange goldfish that he likes. And then he's getting granola bars and stuffing them in his pockets. And he's trying to sneak back to the couch. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm just getting a snack. I said, who gave you permission to get a snack? He said, this is my house. Those are my snacks. And I said, you're right, man. Help yourself. Why didn't you give me a snack? I'm hungry too. This is how it should be with us as children of God. I don't have to beg God for something. I just go in and take what belongs to me. How can you say that? I didn't say it. He said it. If I find myself in him, what belongs to me belongs to you. There was a few months ago, actually in December, uh, I was looking to buy a new motorcycle and I found a, a great deal on a bike up in New Hampshire. And that, the night before I was going to go get it, I told Hunter, I said, tomorrow, I'm going to go buy us a new motorcycle. And he said, us, Daddy? Us, I said, yes, me and you, we're going to get another motorcycle. And he said, oh, that sounds awesome. I said, oh, it's going to be awesome. And so the next morning, me and Mo, we went and we grabbed Pastor Allen's trailer. And we drove up to New Hampshire. We loaded this bike up. And when I got home, I, I, I picked up Hunter from school. And the first thing he said, he said, hey, did you get that cool motorcycle? I said, I did. He said, did you get our motorcycle? <laughs> I said, it's in the garage. I can't wait for you to see it. We got home. I got him out of the car seat. He took off running for the garage, and he's standing there. He's like, whoa, it's red. And I said, nothing like a red motorcycle. He said, it's ours, right? I said, this is ours, buddy. I said, yours and daddy's. You know, it was a couple weeks later, me and him were out in the backyard. I think I was doing some work, putting some stuff away, and, and, and I couldn't. I said, Hunter, Hunter. And I didn't hear him, and I start freaking out like, did he take off up the driveway? Hunter, Hunter, and I hear him yelling from the garage, I'm in here, Daddy. And so I walked in. He had climbed up on the motorcycle. He's sitting on top of the tank going, wrong, 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 wrong. I said, that's my boy. I said, what are you doing on my bike? He said, I thought it was our bike. I said, it is our bike. Go ahead, have fun. You know what? What belongs to me belongs to Hunter. What belongs to God belongs to us as sons and daughters. So let's talk about this. I, I want to give you uh, uh, seven or eight things. I got a few things in my heart. I want to give you a few things that go with the package, okay? Because a lot of people, they just, they just glad to be saved. I'm a Christian. What does that mean? It means I'm going to heaven. All right, what else? I don't know. It just means I'm going to heaven. Listen, there's more to the package of your inheritance than, than just eternal life on the other side. Let me give you a few of them, all right? I pray you get fired up and take these and, and own them today. Number one, you get relationship. Because of Jesus Christ, you've inherited, as an heir, you've inherited a relationship back to God. Well, I thought sin separated us from God. It did until Jesus came and said it right. Adam screwed it up for all of us and put a wedge between God, uh, the creator, and his creation. But when Jesus came, 
and decided to give his life for us, he bridged that gap and brought us back together now where we're no longer separated. I could call him my father. I could call him my daddy. I could call him my papa because there's nothing separating me from God now. I have, through my inheritance, I got my relationship with my dad back. You got your relationship with your dad back, which means you can go to your father whenever you want. See, some religions say you got to go to a man of God to talk to God. Not anymore. That used to be that way in the Old Testament. You'd go to the temple. You'd talk to the priest. Not anymore. Once Jesus came, guess what? I could say, what's up? Hey, man, what's going on today? Hey, I'm stoked that you're my father. Today, I'm going to walk like a son. I don't have to get weird. Why do we get weird when we talk to God? Oh, Lord most high. Y'all laughing because y'all know people that talk to their father like that. Oh, Lordest on the most highest. You're the greatest of all of this. Listen, I don't talk to my heavenly, my earthly father that way. Why would I talk to my creator that way? It should be personable. It should be personal. It should be, you could talk to him the way you talk to your normal dad. Hey, dad, I need to talk for a few minutes. I got some stuff going on. I need some advice from my father. The one with all the wisdom, with all the direction. How can you say that? How can you say you can approach God? He's my father. I'm his son. And I can approach him and ask for whatever I want if I can find it in his word. 1 John 5. Listen to this. Oh, man, I'm glad y'all awake today. I was concerned. Some of y'all are going to come in like, man, lost an hour of sleep. My purpose, listen, 1 John 5. My purpose in writing is simple. That you would believe in God's son. That you who believe in God's son will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life. We've talked about that. It's reality, not an illusion. And how bold and how free then we become in his presence. We ain't scared of our father. Freely asking according to his will, for surely he's listening to us. And if we're confident that he's listening, we know that whatever we've asked for, it's as good as ours. Can I give you something cool? Here's here's a, here's a little tip. If you can find it in God's will, you can ask him for it. I wouldn't know what to ask God. Just find out what belongs to you. I'm challenging believers at another level in this season of time. You got to know the book for yourself. My buddy Ray Jean has a book that says, what you don't know can hurt you. If you don't know that you have a relationship with God, your father, that can hurt you. You got to get in the book, find out what his will is for your life and begin to ask him for it in boldness. Number two, you get freedom. Oh man, this is so good because some of us were bound. Some of us were so bound to to our old way of life. We're no longer slaves to sin. We love that song. I'm no longer a slave to sin. For why? Because I'm a child of God. Because my brother Jesus paid for the sin. He redeemed me, which means he paid for my sin. It's all covered. And so now I'm free. I'm free. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're free. free. Stop acting like a slave. Listen, when you're free, there should be joy in your life. If you've ever been bound and locked up, you know, uh, I was thinking about this. What me and my brothers used to, we had a swimming pool at our house, and, and with three boys in the house, there were lots of wrestling going on. And, and when we had the pool, it was like, you know, you start wrestling the pool, and then, and then you, uh, you dunk somebody under the water, and then you think, oh, he, I'm going to hold him under the water. 
and you're in bondage and you can't breathe and all of a sudden you're restricted. You ever felt like that? I hate that feeling. As soon as you do that to me, as I'm coming up, I'm going to punch you in the mouth as soon as I come up out of that water. Don't ever do that to me again. That's what slavery does. It holds you down and restricts you to you can't move and be who you are. You can't breathe freely. There's no joy in that. But that's not who we are because through the inheritance, we find our freedom. We're no longer bound. There should be joy in our life. John 8, verse 36 says, Therefore, if the Son made you free, you're free. For some of us, we have to remind ourselves we're free. We have to claim freedom. Freedom belongs to us, and we have to remind ourselves over and over, I'm free from sin. When your mind starts telling you about all the junk you've been doing or thinking or living, you have to remind yourself, I'm not under any condemnation. Jesus ain't worried about it. He already paid for it. Past, present, future. My sins have been covered. I'm free from that. My friend Keith Moore, he says, if you are bound by cigarettes, you can get free by claiming your freedom with your mouth. Every time you light up that Marlboro cigarette, I'm free in Jesus' name. Every time you light up that cigarette. (laughs) Thank you, Father. I'm free from this. Thank you, Father. I'm free. I'm no longer a sin to this thing that's been holding me for 25 years. Lord, I'm sick and tired of this. (laughs) I'm free in Jesus' name. I'm no longer a slave. (laughs) Y'all are laughing, but I'm giving you a free way to get out of smoking. I'm giving you a free way to get out of drinking and any addiction that you hold, no matter what kind of pipe you're smoking out of. Listen, if you're bound by it, you just start claiming your freedom once you've found yourself in Christ. We're no longer slaves to the past. Because in our inheritance, he cut the shackles. Some of us have been running around with shackles that have been cut. We're trying to hook them back up. Stay free. Stay free. If he sets you free, you're free indeed. So I don't know if I believe that, declaring I'm free from smoking. Try it. Every time you light that cigarette and you take a drag off that thing, thank you, Father, I'm free from this. I hate this. I know it's rotting my body from the inside. Thank you, Father. You'll find yourself going to 7-Eleven to buy a pack of cigarettes, and you'll be like, I don't know if I need a pack of cigarettes today. And you'll stand there at the counter like I did. I don't know if I need this, but I want this. I like smoking. And then you'll buy the pack of cigarettes, you go home, you'll light it up, and then you'll find yourself throwing those cigarettes away. Somebody need to hear that. Your freedom belongs to you, so you declare it. Number three, here's something else you get. You get healing. It's part of the package. Healing belongs to us. Christ's body was broken for ours to be healthy and whole. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our rebellion. I like this out of the NLT. Crushed for our sins, beaten so we could be whole, which means nothing missing or nothing broken. He was whipped so you could be healed. Listen, Jesus took all of our sickness on him. Every sickness you've ever had, every sickness you'll ever have, he took it on him and paid the price so you could live a healthy, whole life. I I like uh, uh, this guy named Bill Winston. Y'all ever heard of Bill Winston? Man, he can preach. If y'all ain't listening to Bill Winston, y'all need to get a life. Bill Winston is the man. He, he was talking about, he lives in Chicago and he said, I wanted to go get some good barbecue. He said, so I drove into the hood. Because that's where the good barbecue is. That's where everybody knows how to cook. He said, I went to the hood and there was a shack. 
And he said, just this little shack, man, but you can smell it from blocks away, smoke coming out. And he said, it's one of those, you just, you know, it's, you just walk up to the window and the lady slides and what you want, you know? And he said, I have some brisket, I have some chicken. I'm a pulled pork guy myself. I like pulled pork and hot links, just in case y'all wondered. And, 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 and there's some baby back ribs. I like ribs too. And, 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 and he said, I walked up to the window, I started to put my order. He said, there was a lady, she, she came over, she pushed me aside, and she stuck her head in there. This is how she talked. He said, she, she said, hey, I ordered this, but do, do bread come with this? And the lady said, yeah, bread came with this. She said, no bread in here. This is how we need to get with God our Father concerning healing. Do, do, do healing come in this package? Dude, I thought, I thought I got the whole bag. Do healing come with this? Oh, yes, sir. Healing come with that from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Every cell, every organ, every tissue of your body, it's all perfected. But here's the thing. If you don't know bread come with this, you ain't going to get your bread. So you got to know what comes in the package so you can go back to the window when the devil said, well, healing don't belong in that. Your freedom don't belong. I said, oh, no, no, hold on. Bread come with this, man. This, this comes with this. I want it all. Come on. We, we have to claim every bit of what belongs to us. Don't settle just for a little bit of sickness. Well, I'll just put up with it, you know. My grandparents had that. My, my mama had that condition. I'm just bound by You ain't bound by anything. It come with this healing all the days of your life. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's your legal right to be healthy and whole. Legally belongs to you. It's part of the package. Number four, man, y'all, y'all are getting me fired up. Fear free living. Just by the way, this isn't an exhaustive list. This is just a few of my favorite lists that I think would help bless you. Fear free living is part of the package. It's part of your inheritance. You received it when you were adopted in Jesus Christ that you ain't got to be fearful anymore. So many people right now that I meet on a regular basis, when I ask them how I could pray for them, they're afraid of something's going to happen to their kids. They're afraid of this thing they think's going on in their body. They're afraid of these thoughts they've been having. They're afraid they're going to lose their job. They're afraid because of this or that's happening in the government. Listen, we're not called to live by fear. It's part of your package. We've been set free from fear. Listen to this. Romans 8 says, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. 2 Timothy 1.7 out of the NLT says, For God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Listen, if God didn't give it to you, where'd it come from? Came from somewhere else. For God hasn't given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. One translation says a sound, a sound mind. I get fearful sometimes and I have to remind myself, hey, hey, it's part of the package. I ain't got to be afraid. Mind calm down. Thoughts shut up. I live in an old house and sometimes I get up to go to the restroom in the middle of the night and I hear things creaking in my house. Anyway, you stop in the tracks. Like, what was that? I was walking down the hallway and we got these big glass windows that go in the front of our house. Beautiful. But sometimes you catch your own reflection. <laughs> You know how you're half asleep and you, and you got to go to the bathroom and you walk to the bathroom kind of like this and then you look up, you're like, oh, whoa, man, what in the world? And all of a sudden you can't get back to sleep because there's fear has gripped you. And I've started just saying it out loud. I'm not afraid of anything, especially in my own house. This is my house. God gave me this house. Smith Wigglesworth, an old revivalist, he said one time he was traveling and he said he woke up in the middle of the night 
And he said he felt an evil presence in his room, an evil presence like he'd never felt before. And he looked up and he said, the devil himself was standing in his room. He said, I turned over and put the covers over and said, oh, it was just you. That's someone who understands that God hasn't given them a spirit of fear. That fear-free living is part of our inheritance. How do I get it? You got to claim it with your mouth. You have to receive it and declare it. Well, I'm afraid of everything. Just stop saying that. Just stop owning that. Someone the other day told me, oh, I got, I got you know, this, uh, my cancer. I said, don't say it's your cancer. And stop owning that. Don't identify with that. Well, you know, I, I'm afraid. Stop saying you're afraid. If you could just take that out of your vernacular and throw it away and never say it, guess what? Fear won't show up half as much time because you don't open the door. That old Willie George skit when we were kids, we'd watch it, and the devil would knock on the door. And the lady would say, open the door. And she'd say, well, what do you got? And he said, oh, I got fear. And she'd say, no, we're not accepting fear here. And she'd shut the door. And he'd knock on the door and say, hey, we got sickness. Well, you want some sickness? It's all in a nice package. She'd say, we don't want none of that here. You just have to stop accepting it because God hasn't given it to you. He's given us peace. Number five, he's given us peace. The fifth thing that I love about my relationship with God and, and what I've inherited because of my relationship with Jesus Christ is I have peace in every area of my life because of my proximity to my Father. Now listen, this goes back to number one, our relationship with Father God. I'm not afraid of Him. I'm not fearful of Him. Oh, He's chasing me down. Yeah, He's chasing you down to tackle you and love on you. I'm afraid He's going to get me. I hope He does get you. Because he's going to give you something other than what you thought he was going to give you. He's going to give you a peace that comes only from a father's embrace. My son, wake up in the middle of the night, run down the stairs. Come down, I can hear him, man. Boom, 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 down the stairs. Flip my door open, it slams. And of course, I come right out of the bed. What's going on? He said, I had a bad dream. Oh, Ninja Turtles in my room. That's what he said. I said, Ninja Turtles aren't bad. They're the good guys. They're fighting sewer rats and stuff, man. They're our buddies. Ninja turtles, ninja turtles. I come up here, get in bed. You know what he does? He snuggled in close to me, tuck in real tight. He said, put the cover on me. Will you rub my back? And all of a sudden, in two seconds, man, the peace of God comes on him. Why? Because his father's there to protect him. The peace of God comes from proximity. And I'll give you a little litmus test. If you don't have peace in your life, it may be because you're not as close to the father as you think you are. For some of you watching online, you say, man, I wish I just had some peace in my life. Let me challenge you. Get close to the Father. Take daily time with Him. In the morning, spend some time with your Father. In the afternoon, spend some time talking to your Father. In the evening, before you go to bed, give thanks and worship to your Father. And all of a sudden, in the proximity of you taking a step towards Him, He says He'll take a step towards you. And all of a sudden, peace shows up. Amen. We have peace. Because of proximity to our Father. Psalms chapter 29 verse 11 says, The Lord will bless His people with peace. I didn't put this in my notes, so just hear this. True peace doesn't come from the absence of trouble. It comes from the presence of God. True peace doesn't come just when there's no trouble around. It comes because of the presence of God in your life. 
The Hebrew word for peace is, is shalom. You've heard, you've heard that before. And what does it mean? It means completeness, wholeness, health, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness. I love that. Perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, absence of agitation or discord to be complete, perfect, or full. When's there not peace in our life? When things aren't complete, when things ain't full, when things aren't working, when there's agitation, where there's fear. Listen, you want to replace those things? Get closer to the Father. Amen. Number six, you guys still glad you came? Amen. Thank you for coming. Number six, the, the name of Jesus belongs to us as a badge of authority. We've been given authority in the name of Jesus. Listen to this. Let's just look at it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 says, Therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That the name of, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now look at this in Matthew 18. He says, I give you my name and verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You've been given the name above all names. The Bible says every knee shall bow at one time to the name of Jesus. Every other name comes subject under that name. You know what comes above cancer? Jesus. You know what comes above divorce? Jesus. You know what comes above the name of addicted? Jesus. And you've been given authority over that. It's important that we, un we own this and this becomes our identity. That I dominate everywhere I go. Now, I don't know about your house. I grew up in a, in a, in a great home uh, with phenomenal parents who basically told us living, uh, growing up, you can go anywhere and do anything you want to do. You can become whoever you want to be. Well, how do I know that? Because Jesus gives you authority. And because you're in Christ, there's nowhere you can't go. There's nothing you can't do. A few years ago, I, I got invited to, to speak at a, a, a national conference, a, a, just a phenomenal opportunity with, with uh, some of the biggest communicators in our, in our Word of Faith circle uh, that I come from. And, and I was speaking, speaking to the teenagers. I wasn't in the main hall, the main convention center. I was in a, another ballroom speaking to about 1,000 teenagers while there was about 20,000 adults in the main. I was blown away that they would invite me, a little guy from Alabama. Uh, what do y'all want me to come speak about? Like, it was just a God opportunity. And so when me and my wife got to the hotel, we checked in and, and this, this little knock came at the door and there was a little lady at the door. She said, hey, welcome, Pastor Roberts. We're so glad you're going to be speaking to the students this week. I got some stuff for you. And she handed us a cool little gift basket with candies and treats. And I like candies and treats. Uh, and then anytime anybody shows up at my door, I'm taking that. And, and she said, and oh, and by the way, don't forget there's a badge in there. And I said, oh, what's the badge for? She said, well, you need the badge to, to, to get in the, uh, you know, the space where you're going to speak. I said, okay. She said, listen, you need to wear the badge when you come to the convention center. Leave it on because when you try to get where you're going to go, where you need to go, they're going to check you for the badge. I said, oh, yeah, no big deal. And she said, and, and just in case you're wondering, she said, that badge is a pretty special badge. I said, I know it's got my name on it. And she said, no, no, no. She said, it's, it's not because it has your name on it. She said, we have different levels of badges. 
And she said, that badge is the biggest badge you can have. Your badge is an all-access badge. I said, ooh, I feel special. (laughs) And she said, you should because nobody gets those badges. I said, well, how did I get the badge? She said, well, the guy that invited you wanted you to have an extra special time. And so this badge will get you anywhere you want to go in the conference. I said, that's cool. Like where? She's like in the speaker's room. And I'm like, well, who's going to be in the speaker's room? And she's like, all the speakers? <laughs> and I said, well, what about, uh, uh, what, what else? Again? She said, in the speaker's room, they're going to have food in there. I said, I like food. <laughs> what kind of food? She said, all kinds of food. I said, I'll be there. She said, but you're going to have on your badge. And she said, and listen, with this badge, you don't have to come in and fight the crowds. There's a secret hallway. I said, secret hallway. That sounds awesome. She said, yeah, if you go down this thing, and she told me where else, she said there'd be two security guards there. And she said, just show them your badge, and they'll let you down the secret hallway, and you'll come out backstage, and they'll meet you over here, and then they'll walk in, and you can sit anywhere you want in the whole auditorium. I said, anywhere I want? And she said, yes. And I said, anywhere I want? She said, Mr. Roberts, I'm trying to tell you, you have an all-access badge. You can go anywhere, eat anything, meet anybody you want. I said, I love this conference. And so me and my wife, we get dressed, we're going to go down to the conference. I'm not speaking. I wanted to go hear my my friend Creflo Dollar. Y'all like Creflo Dollar? I like Creflo Dollar. I don't care about y'all. I, I want to go hear my friend Creflo Dollar preach on grace. And, and so I went to the, to the secret hallway that she told me about. And, and when I walked up, I saw these two muscle-bound dudes standing there like this. They looked like they just wanted to beat somebody up. They were blocking these double doors that go in some special hallway that's supposed to pop me out behind the stage. And so I kind of grabbed my wife and I said, we walked up and, and we, they were about right there at the end of the day and I just kind of stopped. And I looked at her, and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they look mean. She said, but we have the badges. I said, they don't look like they, I don't know. This. And about that time, here comes a, a guest minister, uh, another big name. He walked right on by, excuse me, excuse me, his entourage, and those two guys stepped open the door, and then they walked on through. And I was like, well, dang. <laughs> so I just approached them, and, and I got about three feet away, and I stopped to see if they were going to move. And then I went like this. I said, and they opened the door and said, come on in. And I walked down that hallway, and then I got to, it was a long corridor, and there was another two big dudes standing there, and they kind of had that look, like, who are you? You look like some little pipsqueak from Alabama. And I'm like, oh, man, this could be real embarrassing if these guys don't let us in. They don't know me. They don't know me from Adam. And, and, and now it's going to be, if they don't let us in, we're going to have to go back down this hallway. I mean, how shameful is that going to be? The walk of shame. I'm sorry, we don't belong here. And so I walked down there, and they saw my badge. And they said, hey, you got all-access badge right this way. Sit wherever you want. I walked down on the side of the stage, and, and I sat right on the second row behind Gloria Copeland. I was like, this is pretty awesome. This is pretty amazing. One of my heroes, my other hero, getting ready to preach. And I'm sitting here front and center. Let me tell you something. The name of Jesus has been given to you to go in any room you want to go. You've been given authority to go in places that nobody else gets to go. You've got a badge with the name of Jesus that gets the doors open where everybody else is getting the doors closed. You've got a front row seat to the glory of God. Why? Because you found yourself in him. You got to remind yourself, listen, we are in this to win this. God has given us a badge. Let's own who we are. 
keep moving. Number, number seven. Number seven, victory. You've been given victory. You've been handed a victory title because of your relationship with Jesus. Well, how is that? Well, the Bible says that, that after he died on the cross, he went to hell and he fought the demons and the devils and he whooped them. That's what my Bible says. He made a show of them openly. He embarrassed them. And then he rose from, from the earth, from, the, from, the, from, from, from death, and it says that he came out as a conqueror. He came out victorious over death, hell, and the grave, over sin and all the stuff. And guess what? He hands it to us as his sons and daughters. You ain't got to fight no more. I already won. I'm not going to rap for y'all, but this needs to be your anthem. All I do is win. All I do is win. All I do is win. How can you say that? Well, it's all I already won. All I do is win because he already won. This is who we are. Identify with this. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're not being overtaken. You're an overcomer. You're the head, not the tail. You're the lender, not the borrower. You're in front, not in the back. You've got special treatment because you're a son. Guaranteed all access. Well, you sound like you're telling people they're not going to have any battles. I didn't say you wouldn't have any battles. I just say you win every time. I didn't say you wouldn't have any trials. I just said when you get through the trial, you're victorious on the other side. So if you know you already win, don't cower in fear. When the battle comes, persevere knowing all I do is win. All I do is win. How can you say that? Because he already won and he gave it to me. It belongs to me. It's my inheritance. It's your inheritance. It's who we are. We're winners because King Jesus already won. Bow your heads. Thank you for hooking up with me today. We're living in a time where everybody and everything around us wants to tell us who we are. You need to know who you are. Let somebody tell you who you are who you aren't. To operate in this inheritance, you've got to know God's my Father. Jesus, my brother, this belongs to me. Society want to tell you who you are. Shut out the noise. Tell yourself who you are. Romans 8 says this. It says that all of creation is groaning for the revelation of the sons of God. All of creation, the rocks, the trees, the storms, it's why we're having so much disaster in the world. It's waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. It knows it's subject to us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the Holy Spirit is groaning. He's travailing that you would find out who you are. It says that Jesus is groaning at the right hand of the Father that you and I would find our identity in Him as sons and daughters so that we would rule and reign in this life, in this season, in this time. And I want to challenge you, stop negotiating with the enemy. Stop negotiating for for half of what belongs to you. Stop settling for what you could do for yourself and accept what God's already done for you. If I told you I had $100 free and clear in your name and and, and I I was going to give it to you, but I said, hey, I got $100, but how about I just give you 20 bucks? You'd be settling. 
How about I give you 80 bucks? You'd be settling. Don't settle for anything less than the full package of the inheritance of what belongs to you as an heir to God the Father. My prayer is that you would take these last two weeks and re-identify yourself. Rebrand yourself as a son, as a daughter. Remind yourself through these scriptures. Dig in the word and find every verse that says in him, in Christ. And place your name in there. Place yourself in there and see yourself as a son. For some of you say, man, I don't know if I can do that. Maybe you're online, you say, I don't know if I could do that because I don't, I don't know if I am in him. How do I do that? Simply receiving him, accepting him, believing in him, finding yourself in what he's already done gives you what belongs to him. For somebody, you need a fresh start. You need a new identity. You need all things to be made new. The Bible says if you declare Jesus as the Lord of your life, old things are passed away and all things became new. If you're here today and you say, pray for me, I want that. I want all things to become new. All you gotta do is accept Jesus Christ. I wanna pray for you. Would you just raise your hand all over this place? Say, pastor, pray for me. Yes, sir, I see you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Both of you, I see you. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, yes, ma'am, in the back. Anybody else say, include me in that prayer. I, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want to find my identity in him. Yes, sir, right here on the front. Anybody else say, Pastor, pray for me. Maybe you're watching online. We're going to pray in just a moment. I ask you to, to pray this prayer out of your heart. Last call, anybody else? Yes, I see you, buddy. Would you do this with me, whether you prayed this prayer before or whether this is your very first time, say it out of your heart. Say, Father God, I believe that you sent Jesus to pay the price for my sins, to redeem me, to buy me back. And I believe that you raised him from the dead so I can live a victorious life as a son of God. So Father, today I choose you and everything that belongs to me in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Amen. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us to do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.